Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. All right, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith, here once again with my buddies through the miracle of computer phone. I'm here with Chuck Anderson. Hey now. And with John Burr. Aloha, boys. Sons in four. Sons in four. You will cling to that despite that ship having sailed. I like it. Never. I think I, I, think I can defeat. even say it when they lose. Yeah, never yeah, admit defeat. Just stick with yeah. what you like. I, I learned that from you on Twitter. Yep. I'm staying with it. It's a valuable lesson. I don't know. Someone I follow on Twitter, their pinned tweet is something to the effect of never engage, never argue, never admit defeat. And it, that's just the brilliant just guide kind of for using like- Twitter. I was like, kind of our last four years of presidential leadership. Could be that as well. I asked on Twitter, I said, hey, who, who gets paid more in the offseason, uh, Dennis Schroeder or Reggie Jackson? Mm-hmm. And I asked that question. I have no intention of, of engaging <laughs> with the responses. Like, I don't, I don't, I, like, I think it's an interesting question. Like, like Dennis Schroeder, you know, is accustomed to making $16 million a year. He wants to make $20 million a year. Reggie Jackson's been playing for the minimum, and he's three years older. So it's an interesting question. But when you go to Twitter, I, I don't want to have the big – I'm not going to reply like five or six times to people, I don't think. What's Twitter? Yeah, it's a uh, – don't worry about it. It's not worth well, finding out I am about learning that, like, point. when it comes to social media engagement, et cetera, it, just everything should be in the interrogative. <laughs> no, you should just go complete Socratic method at all times, and that's just the secret. That's the secret. Mm-hmm. If you're investigative, you can never be combative, right? If you're always asking questions, it's Chuck never. Chuck Fuchsia say, yeah. Kyrie over here. Uh, Chuck, go, baby. where are you at? Where are you calling in from? I'm on. I'm. I'm currently in my apartment in the lovely east side of Nashville, Tennessee. Oh. 
Uh, maybe you're on the road. We're doing this via Zoom video conferencing, and your video is dark. We have no no video. I assumed you were dealing I'm trying with. To, uh, I'm trying to make my the struggles of the to road. Make everything work. Like I keep trying to make it, but it's not. It's just my, you know, I can't. Uh, I can't it's impressive. It. I assumed when you had an, a technological issue that that meant you were on the road somewhere. No, you're on your home turf. This is this is. <laughs> yeah. You're in your home Chuck, court. Chuck lives in a giant dormitory, <laughs> so it's probably the worst place he could record. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, well, I guess we should all talk about breakfast. John, have you had a good breakfast today? I had like a secret breakfast. Okay. Like a sneaky Where, breakfast that you were sneaking Yeah, like behind? a very yeah. sneaky breakfast because my parents offered me breakfast. But my parents are like one of the like original like gorp people like that ate healthy. But I don't think it's healthy in the eyes of health nuts anymore. But they stayed on their path. So it's just like sw- like sweet nut mixes all the well, time. I was gonna like, say, wasn't uh-huh. Gorp? Doesn't that have like M and M's in it? Yeah, but in okay. my parents, like <laughs> like compared to like the like Twinkies and everything that every other child was consuming, like uh-huh. my house, it was like terrible. It was like the people who gave you know nuts away yeah. for Halloween candy. Like that's that's my parents. Your trail mix. Like, so they were like, "You want to get your de- your mother's making breakfast? Do you want her to make you breakfast?" And I was like, "I, I don't feel very good." I don't feel good. So no, I don't feel good. So then I just snuck some food into the bathroom and ate it on the toilet like an animal. Mm, <laughs> and the hot. food I chose yeah. was something near and dear to your heart, Keith. Yeah. By the way, this food was in my car. It was hidden in my car. <laughs> <laughs> I went up to my car and then With brought some it loose, inside. Some Lucy Mike and Ikes on the floorboard? Um, brown sugar and cinnamon Pop-Tarts. Yes! A grand total oh, of goat. four. Eaten in four minutes. Oh. That's a Pop-Tart a Wait, minute. you ate four? Yeah, I ate four. Goodness. I've never done that. I'm depressed. John, I'm I've very... Ne- I'm sorry, man. You I'm all right? Very, <laughs> you need to, you wanna- I'm very proud of you telling us the truth, you know? Um, and usually, like, snitching on yourself leads to growth, but it doesn't mm. with you. Mm-mm. It just leads to more depraved, weird things, like eating sugar on a toilet. I, I always tell everyone, except for the people I'm deceiving, which is a very bad policy. Yeah, you should probably not do that. <laughs> One of the worst web weavers of lies who's ever lived. Yeah, as someone who's watched you lie, it's it's pretty bad. bad. <laughs> I'm really now struggling with the the fact that despite the number of gross things I've eaten and the intense amount of sugar I've consumed and like the entire packages of Oreos that I finished in one sitting, I've never actually considered opening a second pack of Pop Tarts after finishing the first two. What? I can eat a box, man. What? I can and have eaten a box of pop This is why you can have a couple drinks while watching a game, and me and John had to stop drinking. <laughs> I don't. I just this don't is love why the, we're different. No, I'm saying like One I can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't stop eating a bag of jelly beans. I can't stop okay. eating a box of Mike and Ikes. Okay, but okay. a pop tart. I, Maybe I've, I don't know. Yeah, I eat one. Is it because it comes in a package of two and you're just like, this is when I'm supposed to stop? My serving has been apportioned to me. Maybe. You have the serving size is directly spelled out to you. Although I'm pretty sure if you read the box, the serving size on a Pop-Tart is still one Pop-Tart. Right. Despite there being two in the bag. No, I I bought a, uh, like like a Those red scallions. Like a, I don't know. It's it's a bunch of pieces of gum. Like, you know, it's like $7 worth of 
peppermint chewing gum. And I was like, my thinking was, if I have chewing gum, that'll keep me from just eating candy and stuff. Chewing gum might be just better for me or something. <laughs> that'll give me the oral fixation I'm doing something. But I was looking at this, these, this chewing gum, and it was like a serving is one piece, and the piece of gum is very, very small, and it was like five calories per serving. There's like 200 pieces of gum in there. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, I was like, I could finish this in a couple nights just chewing, just like gum nonstop. I couldn't believe how many I mean, calories shared that gum story was. On the podcast before, but have I told you my double bubble story? We're on Go a ahead. family vacation of sorts, and my like I said, my parents—they're not like they wouldn't let us really get candy or anything. But my dad was during what? Like now I know my dad was like always trying to quit smoking. Like when he, even when he had quit smoking, he was like secretly smoking. Like I know all the, I know all the signs now, mostly for me and friends with Chuck of someone trying to quit something and hiding it. And, <laughs> but he did let me one time get a big thing, a double bubble. And he gave it to me and I'm eating the bubble gum in the back seat. And I start to see, and it's about 30 minutes. And I, you know, I'm very prone to getting bored on trips and probably one of the more annoying kids that ever lived people period. But uh, I see my dad is looking at me through the rearview rear view mirror, and it's exactly like the end of Taxi Driver. Like he's just staring at me <laughs> with hatred in his heart, and I'm like trying to figure it out. And then he finally pulls the car over, and he goes, "Do you have all ten pieces of double bubble in your mouth right now?" And I just went, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I I did have them all. This is. <laughs> Yeah, so, I like I like a golf ball yeah. sized hunk of gum. Well, you just stop being know, sweet just, so fast. That's right. You put more in. Yeah, it tastes so good. And I can't throw it out the window. That would be littering, Father. This is this is <laughs> insightful. It really goes back to you. You need to reparent that Dude. version of you, Burr. You need to go back, talk to a therapist about that event, and see how you can nurture your previous self with that double bubble in your mouth. We should do it on the yeah, show. I know. I'm like very worried about all. I'm very afraid of therapy. Extremely. <laughs> oh, well, that's helpful. Uh, Chuck, what was your breakfast? So I didn't eat today. Yeah. Um, last week I went out of control. I was just not. I was eating a lot of sugar. Yeah. But yesterday, boy, I went to Shep's Deli Good. in East Nashville for the first time. Yes, sir. And I was just like, all right, it's time to go in. I had like broke my fast. It was going to be my only meal of the day. It was a late breakfast. And I went with a double Rubens. They had a Reuben scramble. Say what? Oh, a Reuben scramble yeah. sounds good. So they put all the stuff in there. And then I had an open-faced breakfast Reuben with um, – it was a, a sunny side-up egg with some Swiss cheese on top in the in the Thousand Island or the whatever Russian dressing they call it. And man, my day started well. Uh I took a nap shortly thereafter. You have to. Um because there was no like I couldn't process all that. I don't eat that much fat anymore. You know, I'm usually, you know, protein barring and all sorts of kale salads and stuff trying to be right with my waistline, but man, Gorp. that's Shep's. Uh, no I, double what bubble. What is Gorp? Is that wor world according to Gorp? Gorp, yes, it's a, a John Irving novel. <laughs> it's just like a, it's just like a trail mix, right? That's what that's what I imagined yeah. when you said starring it. John Lithgow and drag. Mm. <laughs> that that um, that as well. We had we've been highlighting Shep's on the show lately, Chuck. 
Yeah, oh, Chuck. Really? We uh, yes. John had Sheps last week. Uh, episode. Hey, I, I ordered Sheps three days in a row. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. And I, I, I spent like two hundred dollars in Sheps in three days. <laughs> <laughs> and because oh, I don't have, I didn't do any egg things because I just don't trust egg delivery. At oh, all. I get it. You're I feel like man. it will cook oh, that's to a good death. Rule. That's that's better than never engage, never admit defeat. Uh, yeah. Never mm. have egg delivery. My breakfast is the, kind of the same thing I always do. I feel like I've been alternating between uh, a rotation of kind of sad Monday breakfasts. But I had the leftover uh, salted brown butter donut from East Park. This one uh, held up pretty good. I think that might be their strongest donut. And uh, the day after, it was still actually quite delicious. Uh, I may be willing to put an entire pack of Big League Jew in my mouth, but I still think those donuts are too damn sweet. Too sweet for you. Yeah, they, uh, they hit the spot exactly for me. Anyway, those were our breakfasts. After our breakfasts, we move to our breakfast in bed apologies. This is our chance to make right what we might have gotten wrong on a previous episode does anyone have anything they need to make right john what is your apology i've got to apologize to the bushwick bill the nba the mad midget himself pat beverly (laughs) i found myself sort of parroting and espousing the line that russell westbrook has thrown a lot thrown around where it's just like, he's just a busy bee. He's not that good. He doesn't affect the game that often. Oh, yes, he does. He affects more than a game. He can turn a series on its head. Sometimes it's a dirty play. Sometimes it's a filthy play. But by Jove, it's hard to argue. I mean, he, he is our tiny, uh, like, insane, tiny Bill Lambeer of our era at this point. He's been so good in the past so several good. games. And I also was kind of like a doubter where I was like, this guy is actually pretty overrated. Like they just need to let Reggie Jackson and Terrence Mann like do their thing. Maybe like play uh, Beverly less and less, but like, I think he's proven us wrong. He's been so huge in, in these games recently in the series. And yes, he has some moments where he does maybe some unsavory things. What did you guys think of the play in the game? Where? It, where he danced? Where he danced. People, oh. First of all, this was, a, this was a very special moment. I thought the referees absolutely got the call wrong. I thought oh. they totally... They, they went to replay, stared at the replay, saw this play multiple times, and came away with the wrong conclusion, which is a thing I always say. That doesn't actually happen, guys. Like, that really, no. really happens. I think they completely got it wrong. Then Steve Javi on the broadcast says... Yeah, yeah, I I, uh, I disagree. I think that was the wrong call. Like, it was the Steve play. Javi said it was the wrong call. Steve Javi also I've said never heard him do that. It was the wrong call. It was the play where where Chris Paul does that thing where you're coming around the screen and then he stops short and rises up to draw the foul. Basically, all the good guards are doing this when they're going when they're working with a screener. But this rule is going to be changed in the offseason to make it not a foul. And I don't think Patrick Beverly could have done anything else. Like, I think. Right. It was like Chris Paul got what he wanted. He got the free throws, but like what else could Paverly could have done? But then, yes, then while Chris Paul maybe injured himself trying to draw a foul, Pat Beverly <laughs> does this dance where he's making fun of Chris Paul, who's possibly injured, which is absolutely kind of weirdo I mean, behavior. But I don't think that's against the rules, actually. So, that is in the spirit of, of <laughs> Allen yeah. Iverson and Ty Lue. 
So uh, here's the one time I'm going to disagree with you, Keith, because if you were paying close attention, Pat Beverly did foul Chris Paul when his toe took Chris Paul's virginity. Did He landed like his b-hole on Pat Beverly's foot, it felt like. <laughs> like it, it, and he grabbed his his I, what looked like his his prostate region. I don't want anyone to get injured, <laughs> but the idea that Chris Paul he injured himself doing the play that's going to be outlawed. Like right, so it, it was not a dirty play. It was not him getting undercut because of something Pat Pat Beverly did wrong. It was. Chris Paul pulled off this trick that the NBA has yeah. decided is a bad trick that we shouldn't be rewarding anymore. And then he, he did land directly on, on Pat Bev's foot. I'm cool with uh, a Chris Paul taint fracture. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm cool with that. It's, does State Farm cover those? <laughs> I'd like to see that commercial. I'd like to see the taint fracture commercial. <laughs> it's like a, like a, a woolly mammoth breaks into his g- garage and rams him. I don't know. <laughs> Chuck, do you have anything that you need to atone for and make an oh, apology? Man, I'm just yeah. wrong about Reggie Jackson. He's so good. Like, he never stops. Wrong. He never stops being good. Oh my god! And uh, yeah, it's the Rex Specs. It's the name Reggie Jackson. <laughs> it's Im- it's imbued him with special powers, and he's just when uh, come playoff time, it's insane what the man can do. Is it ever going to stop? Like every know, game this postseason, he's kind of the catalyst. I mean, Paul George is amazing, but he was this- speak for Grizzlies fans. This has never stopped to us. Yeah. Like right. this is just the reality that we've lived in. I don't know, man. It feels like unbelievable. Uh, Cause he was like low key out of the league. Right, like I think that's just called being on the Pistons. Well, look I mean, at, look he, at Blake right. Griffin. He got bought out. He wasn't full he campaign, you know, organizing church league runs, trying to get back into the NBA. He was still on a team, but like he got bought out by the Pistons and then signed that minimum deal last year, and then he couldn't get a bigger deal this year and just came back to the Clippers on a minimum deal. I mean, it's like he had a couple stinkers in the Utah series, um, but like he's been he's been legit, like money. The whole this whole Sun series, and it's just mind blowing to me to see it happen. I never would have uh, ever made it a thing in my head that was possible, but here we are. The world's upside down, and Reggie Jackson is an amazing playoff performer. He re- he really is. Reggie um, Jackson looks like Steph Curry right now. Unbelievable. Well, the, with, the, with, the, the, with the with the daggers he hits. Oh, also the dunks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's had, he, had a, he had a couple of really nice dunks. One was, I mean, one of my, my highlights that's giving me, giving me new life in my hope that maybe <laughs> the suns would fall on their face. Devin Booker kind of uh, <laughs> relapsing into bad habits of his previous five seasons in the NBA, not even attempting to slow down the ball on Reggie Jackson, just kind of like fainted at him and let him just blow past him for a dunk. Um but business that's, decision. But that's not my <laughs> my apology. Actually, it's related to playoff performers. And I said something last episode where I made a joke about Kevin Garnett. I said Kevin Garnett actually had a little uh, Ben Simmons fourth quarter in him too. It's okay. I doubled down on it in the slack and got double dunked so, on. So one of our longtime listeners and one of our, our Patreon supporters, uh, Drew, was upset by this. 
He Does said, Drew even he, watch basketball? He said that, <laughs> he said that is a, a narrative that's been adopted. And I felt like I'd had this opinion well before, like even, you know, I talked about basketball on the internet, like, which is just me a, and my buddies I think he's watching a, basketball. Like, a few missed free throws guys giving missed free throws at certain times, giving a guy a reputation for a long so time. So I started wondering if, you know, was my characterization of Kevin Garnett as being someone who faded in the clutch? Was that something I misremembered? Like, is, is that a, is that a lazy narrative? Is it just my bad memory? Um, is that something that like I've adopted as the conversations have gone on about Garnett over the past, whatever, 20 years. Cause I mean, like I always liked Kevin Garnett. And a lot of the players I really liked growing up are like in like the early 2000s, they actually turned out all to be very bad in the clutch. I love Cliff Robinson. He has some historically <laughs> terrible playoff <laughs> yeah. shooting numbers. I love mm. Sean Marion. Sean Marion, obviously not an offense first player, but like his jump shot would disappear usually in the clutch, although he had a couple big ones for the Mavs. But I'm thinking, all right, did I misremember this? Was Garnett actually better in the clutch than I remembered? So I thought I would try to look this up and to see how far back the NBA stats page would go. So the earliest available page on nbastats.com right now is 96.97. So I'm like, I'm going to see what Kevin Garnett shoots in the fourth quarters of these playoff runs he was involved with. So the first one I look up is the farthest back again, nba.com goes right now. 96.97. Kevin Garnett played three playoff games. They were unceremoniously swept. In those three playoff games... He played 28 minutes across those three fourth quarters. You guys want to guess how many points he scored in those 28 minutes over three games in the fourth quarters? 20 points. Let's go with 90. You think he scored 30 points in every fourth quarter, Let's go John? With 90. <laughs> Kevin Garnett scored two points. Okay. Co- combined, was, we were both in yeah. those three fourth quarters. He wasn't was, he also like he 15 was then he was one <laughs> for seven on field goals, uh, spread out over those three fourth quarters. So I'm thinking Yahtzee. Uh, turns out my memory was perfect, but it wouldn't be that easy. I'm, I'm going to keep digging. And yes, he was very very young. That was his first trip to the postseason, but right. uh, not a great postseason. The the next seven. Playoff seasons. All right. I actually forgot this. They lost, as Drew knows well, they lost in the first round six consecutive years yeah. before finally Ooh. breaking through and making the conference finals. Here is his fourth quarter field goal percentage um, from his first trip <laughs> going to his latest trip. We started with 14%, one for seven. The next year, a little bit better. I mean, he only averaged 15.8 points per game in the postseason, which I would say that is bad uh, compared to his regular <laughs> season number. He shot 47% in fourth quarters, averaging four points per game in the fourth quarter. His third year got a little bit better. All right, 6.8 points per fourth quarter. That's what we expect from a high score. Right. Uh, the following season, this is now his fourth uh, year in the playoffs. His fourth quarter field goal percentage, 25%. <laughs> Only averaging four points per game in the post in the fourth quarter. I feel like games. Dave Toskey listening to Jake Gyllenhaal at the diner in in. How about his fifth postseason? In his fifth postseason, he actually averaged in a uh, in the four games where they lost three one in the first round. He averaged twenty one points per game, which was very very close to his regular season average of twenty two points per game. In the fourth quarters of those games. 
Oh, yeah. He averaged uh, 2.8 points per game on 33% field goals. That's not great. That's this is a hit piece. <laughs> is this, this is Is this going poorly for Drew? Is this- <laughs> Drew obviously doesn't watch basketball. I feel like Keith is defending my honor. Yeah. This is um, one of the nicest things Keith has ever done for me. Uh, the following season, 37% in the fourth quarters of a three-game sweep where they lost. Uh, <laughs> by year one, two, three, four, five, by year seven, he had a solid postseason. He laid the groundwork for what would be the, his longest playoff run before joining the Celtics. In a, in a 4-2 series loss, he averaged 27 points per game and was very, very good in the fourth quarters, just based on the straight stats, 7.2 points per game, 53% field goal. So I think we could objectively say through his first one, two, three, four, five, six trips to the postseason, he was bad in the clutch. And that made a uh, an impression. <laughs> it made an impression on me. There we go. I know we can still say that... I, th- I don't I feel think, insane anymore. I think the Kevin Garnett or Tim Duncan is one of the great nature versus nurture questions of NBA history. Like if Garnett was on the Spurs, what happens if Duncan goes to the the Timberwolves? I love Kevin Garnett, one of my favorite players. And it turns out this apology was not an apology. It was a hit no. piece on, <laughs> <laughs> on our Patreon supporter, uh, uh, yeah, Drew. who's never going to listen again. I apologize. Former Patreon Patreon, uh, supporter. (laughs) I apologize for doubting my impressions. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I no longer feel completely insane. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, those were our breakfast in bed apologies after our breakfast in bed apologies. And before we move to our steak and eggs, best thing, we have a couple of listener submitted questions. The croissant, Questionnaire. Any questions? Um, yes. Are you going to finish that croissant? Knock yourself out. Dirk Nomaski asks, thoughts on the quote-unquote defender pokes the ball away from a dribbler, but it goes off the offensive player's fingertips rules and their inconsistent enforcement. Keith, I feel like this is a pointed question. I mean, the play where the defender knocks it out and in the history of basketball, it's always been out on the defender and we've now we, learned, we are of course, referring to a specific play if you want to go over it. Yeah. Yeah. And so there was the one in game three. Yes. Where, I can't remember which player was involved. Was it Patrick Beverly knocking campaign. the ball out of bounds? Campaign. campaign yeah. Lost the ball. Pat, Pat, Pat Bev appeared to knock it out. It looked like a call where the official had no doubt over the play, yes. but he was convinced to review the play because they'd reviewed everything in this specific game. By and, the wildly gesticulating and, and preternaturally powerful upon review, Pat Bev. You can see that it does graze the fingertips uh, of campaign last. So it's, it's Clippers ball. And we've seen lots of these throughout the years. This has been a feature of the ends of games of basketball. It happened in the college national championship game in the Virginia game. It happened, uh, I believe, in the finals uh, last year. It's happened a lot. And there's always the question, should we just change the rule to say 
it's out on the player who caused it to go out. And when Monty McCutcheon was on the show like a year and a half ago, like we brought this up because it, it had already happened in the postseason. It was like, will, will they the, change this the most reference episode in the history of fast break breakfast? <laughs> I, I would love to get more rules makers on, on the, uh, on, on the episode. But like, we, we always mentioned this and he said like the competition committee thought about it and they didn't feel like they could come up with a good change. So, I don't know what you do. I mean, the issue, the obvious reason why the rule hasn't been changed in my mind is it's there's no easy way to write it. Like, I guess, like, the player who knocks it out, as long as it then doesn't subsequently hit someone else, like, it seems kind of strange. Or if, like, if the ball doesn't change direction at all, it's just really hard to kind of figure that out. And the officials, I think, want everything to be black and white. And if we have the video image that shows it going off that person. That's why they've stuck with it. Now it got very, very strange in game four where there seemed like they was, corrected their own. There was a similar play um, with Nick Batum involved, knocking the ball out of bounds and they did not go and review it. And everyone was right. like, well, we we've learned that that play is actually out on the offensive player. The last two minute report said there was no conclusive evidence. And I have not seen the video angle the angles we see, it shows from a perspective where we can infer that based on all the other videos we've seen, we know it hit the offensive player last, but we can't actually see that video. So I don't know what you're supposed to do. I guess, like, what do you guys think? Like, should they change the rule? Go ahead, Chuck. Yeah, change it. Let's go, chaos. Make it, I don't know. It seems, it's it's very difficult to uh, for me to think about something like this happening uh, as a rarity, and I don't know. Maybe it is a good idea I don't idea to think it's it. a rarity because we've learned this play happens constantly in NBA games, and, and we and we only see it because it only you know when it happens in the last two minutes, then we find out, yeah. oh, this is one of those plays where it's going to be out on the offensive player because it brushes your fingertips on, on the way out. I mean, I think yeah. a lot of people, John, and I think you're in this boat, you want replay to be scaled back dramatically. Abolished. I mean, do you want a ball? Do you want them still to review like last second shots? Like, was the ball out of the hand, you know, for the buzzer? If that's the price I have to pay to not have the ending of almost every playoff game ruined, that is a price I would gladly pay. I feel like we can be adults about this and review something like that. And yeah. then not every other infinitesimally small instance where you, there could be human error and still is human error. They don't always get the calls right, right. despite evidence given to them. But I, I think it's like an actual like crisis for the league. Like I think the game is fairly unwatchable how it's being played right now. And I, you know, I, I for us for the diehards, we'll endure it. But I, I think you know I can feel channels changing in the zeitgeist. I, I honestly wonder if the league views it as a problem. I, I always wonder if it's more of the diehards who are like, this sucks. That this has taken uh, the the end of game. I believe it was game three. The end of game three with all the reviews took thirty three minutes. The last two minutes took thirty three actual real world minutes. Ew. There were, I believe, there were five replay reviews, and but but also, is that good for the NBA? Is that it good probably, for the coffers of the NBA? It to probably be like, is good in an advertisement sense. Is it good because um, you have 33 minutes of people being like, hey, are you seeing this game? Yeah, I, I think you could be like, wow, look at the engagement, et cetera. Yeah. But I do, th like, all my evidence is anecdotal, and that's yeah. not very good evidence. Sure. Um, but, you know, my girlfriend goes to bed, 
my dad says, I can't watch this anymore. <laughs> my conversations with the people yeah, in the yeah. next day are all negative and be like, I don't know how you, I like, how do you even watch this? Yeah. Like that's not good. Uh, but you know, I've had similar feelings about the NFL in the past and they fixed nothing and it, and they are going just as strong as ever. So you're probably right that the only people that, that, that really take a like great offense to stuff like this and never endingly, nag about it are people like me there john there was a play in chuck there was a play today in the euros the uefa euro championship amazing amazing day of soccer there was a penalty shootout (laughs) where the swiss goalkeeper saves the clinching penalty kick from france winning his team the match everyone goes nuts celebrating but the goalkeeper is literally waiting for the video replay review to be done. It's well, a strange I, highlight because you see him save it and he doesn't move. He just stands there yeah. because he knows the job is not done. He has to have the okay from the video review to let you know if you win the game. When people talk to me about how instant replay needs to be kept because it will lead to them getting it right more, I always point to soccer VAR where they – they can't be even over 60% on getting it correct. And to me, soccer is an easier sport to gauge and they, and they're using technology that you would think would, would solve this. And the VAR, if you, if you're, if you're a soccer fan, it is, it is far worse than the NBA. And this is a bigger sport and a sport that is, is like VAR has been a bigger deal for them. So VAR to me, is like, that's like where we're headed and and we're going to review more things and games are going to take longer and we'll make more mistakes. And I don't know. I, I would, I would like for to quote a uh, mod Lebowski for this, for NBA games to be a zesty enterprise. <laughs> you know, I don't want, to, I can't do the, the bogged down stuff. It, re- it really does. Uh, it I mean, saps I, I, mine I, energy. Like I feel weird giving up all replay because I, I do feel like there's some easy things sure. and that, I think that, that's that fine. can be fixed. I, I, I just, I'm with you guys. Yeah, I mean, the flagrant yeah. reviews, like I, I don't reviews know why are they're, unbelievable. They're totally unnecessary. Flagrant and, and, and reviews, literally impossible to gauge the, the intent and stuff. Flagrant like that. reviews like, should be done the day after the game. They should write sure. up a really long report, maybe sure. handwritten, leather bound. They should file it away, and then yeah. after ten years, light it on fire. Like, Let's go. Like, no, like who cares? I mean, during the regular season, absolutely. If you want to pay someone to review all the flagrant fouls, his and name's then, Keith Parrish at Roy no, Ira on I, Twitter. I will do it, and 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 then you can invoice the players at the end of the year to be like, hey man, you owe forty four thousand dollars to charity uh, for your flagrant fouls, <laughs> but it doesn't affect the game at all. Just no. let the officials say that was a flagrant foul. That was not a flagrant foul. That like let them just willy nilly assign flagrant foul values what they think. It's the same with the clear path review. It's just like just call it clear path. Like you stopped the fast break on purpose. There's no reason to review this. Getting this part right, I don't think matters in the least. Like, is there a clear path review in the final two minutes? Okay, maybe do it then. But even then, I wouldn't think. Like we can just get over these things. I'm basically with you guys that the replay's out of control. The out of bounds replay, like maybe watch it two times in real speed. And if it's not a timer on it. And if it's not apparent, if it's not apparent in real speed, who cares? Just stick with what you called. Like I don't yeah, doing doing the Zapruder frame by frame, I do think it's like uh it's jumped the shark or it's gone one step too far. But I don't know, maybe they've got one more games. Yes, one more question. Feeling Pat Beverly asks. 
If you were creating a 16-bit style NBA video game, such as for Sega Genesis or Super Nintendo, where every game of basketball erupts into a fan-triggered Malice in the Palace-esque arena brawl, which modern players would be the game's best fighter of fans, and what would they be weaponized with? And, other than Boston Celtics fans, which fans would be the most gratifying to fight? I'm going to go first, and I'm going to answer the second question first. Is that okay? Okay, yeah. The, the Portland Trailblazer fans. Think the Portland, Portland Trailblazer fans. I'd love to knock the feather out the hats of some Portland Trailblazer fans. You I'd love and to Dane slap Lillard the and Chauncey Billups all. I'd love to slap the voodoo <laughs> donut out of a Portland Trailblazer fan who thinks he can trade like Myers Leonard's contract for Ben Simmons. I'd love to just. <laughs> Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd love to deprogram some Portland Trailblazer fans. <laughs> um, if I have to pick an NBA player and I can't pick Jason Williams with a shotgun, I think as far as, as weapons go, I'd like to see um, like Kyrie Irving come, come running out the t- tunnel, Afro picking his hair, with like an old school '70s switchblade, like out of a no, black exploitation no, movie. No, what's the, no? Kyrie <laughs> Irving has a correct answer, John. In this video game, Kyrie Irving would be charging into the crowd, eight bit or sixteen bit style, swinging that sage thing where he's sage. Oh, the smudging. Yeah, he would <laughs> be smudging. What if it was a globe? What if he just yeah, hit him with like a globe sw- of the earth? He would be swinging <laughs> that around to smack people. Chuck, who who are your Nintendo Street Fighters? Where what league basketball? What players do you right. want, and, and what weapon would they be wielding? So I'm I'm going. Um, Udonis Haslam, because he he's been in the league so long. I think eight like sixteen bit games were around his rookie year, right? So, um, also he's mean and he would use a chair because he likes to like make okay. big things with chairs. But he he's very hit anybody used to, with to sitting at the end of benches with him. Um, Makes perfect sense. I'd also I I'd, uh, <laughs> I'd also like both of the Morai twins because I think twins play well in video games. Oh sure, yeah. You know, um, so yeah, I, I think you I got think Gordon those three. Hayward swinging two Nintendo controllers as nunchucks. I like that. Some yeah, side a- of game. Absolutely. You know, I know there's no why everything's wireless now. So let's just say gaming uh, headset. Gaming I, w- headset, I was going to say Myers Leonard just swinging around a, a, a gaming rig and um, uncomfortable racial epithets. That yeah. 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 The, the I, I forgot to add a weapon for the Morai twins, and it would just be they would each be holding a picture of their mothers. What, That's pretty good. I think. I think. Rain w- photographs. I think one obvious well. one. I mean, we could, in honor of Rick Carlisle returning to the scene of the Malice in the Palace, or, or as it, he was the coach for the Pacers during the Malice in the Palace. He's back there. We we can have our classic ones. I mean, we can have Jamal Tinsley with with the janitor's broom. With the broom. He oh. had he had a oh. dustpan. Yeah, it was a dustpan. The dustpan. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, that would be a great like you unlock that character. I mean, J- and it's like J.R. Smith with a bowl of soup. Oh, oh that's you got, great! Got to have that. That's amazing. Uh, it could, you could even you could even keep it. You can even keep it modern and just also have uh, who's the player end up going to the Rockets? Who was so good? The young guy went for nothing to the Rockets. Kevin Porter. Christian Kevin Wood? Porter. Oh, Kevin another Porter bowl of soup. Soup versus oh, soup. Right. Food <laughs> fight. Soup, on soup. Who you said? What um, was your Amari Stoudemire one, Chuck? Uh, Amari Stoudemire. He would. He yeah no he would he would always be um, defeated by a uh, 
fire extinguisher. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The only way I thought he was swinging him. a bathtub of wine. What if you had Michael Jordan out there <laughs> with cases of tequila that he could just yeah. throw at people? Yeah, and like Scotty Pippen. Pippen with his new bourbon. Bourbon and, and hatred. Seething, <laughs> seething. I mean, you would have, I think Dwight Howard would just actually fart. That would his be own his, farts. That, yeah, <laughs> that would be his you, go-to fight. You hit move. both triggers. You hit both triggers. Uh, the and R and L at the same time. He turns around, just emits gas like you know. Like honestly, in Mortal Kombat, could, could could Jr. Smith have have dual weaponry? He could have the bowl of he, soup. He could also have and, just a pipe, just a lead pipe. Right, and a bottle. Delonte West comes screaming into it on a moped loaded with assault rifles. Oh no! Right. Uh, uh, also, like, could we unlock <laughs> Steve Ballmer with his hot dog cannon? Uh, <laughs> like the hot dog crowd can. I'm like, that would be amazing. <laughs> Here comes Grizz. Just shoot somebody with a t-shirt oh, gun at point oh blank. Oh man. Can you imagine <laughs> if there was like a, a old school Nintendo fighting game or you could be Wiley coyote or this, the Spurs mascot, just taking John your, Stockton taking wielding this information. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jason <laughs> Kidd hitting you with a copy of his arrest records. Oh man. Oh. Chauncey Billups. I'm, I'm stopping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you could, uh, the, the fans could keep John Stockton back just by holding, uh, you know, um, syringes. Just make right. him play. Just make him play with the mailman again. I feel like there's gotta be <laughs> what other implement. I feel like there's gotta be one other player. Kevin with, Durant. Just his Twitter handles. Just, just, some tweet, just tweeting at yeah. people, knocking the players just down, tweeting. knocking the fans <laughs> down. This would be a great <laughs> fighting game. We got to get it licensed. Um, I don't think the NBA would object to any of the ideas yeah. we've thrown out. No, no uh, way. I think it's a very, very good one. But uh, thanks for the question. That was a great question. If you out there want your question to be answered on this show, well, you have to become a Patreon supporter. You do that at patreon.com slash breakfast. You also can get access to our recent bonus episode we did where we answered more of your questions. That's right. We just did an episode on Sunday, the Millennial Brunch $500 croissant, uh, where we answered some questions and had a Zoom hangout. And we will have some more Zoom hangouts uh, next month. You can also join the Slack channel. All kinds of benefits for you if you sign up. Patreon.com slash breakfast. Help us out. Patreon.com slash breakfast. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in, these deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Steak and eggs, best thing. What's the best thing you saw in the last week? Chuck, what's your best thing? So, I don't know, we, you know, you guys probably talked about the NBA draft, uh, draft lottery, which was incredible. Um, we saw, we saw Oklahoma City lose, of course. Oh, it was the best. But what, what (laughs) we saw mostly, right, was like franchises where players gave up on the team, uh, like Detroit in Houston, in Cleveland, those players, uh, those teams had players give up on them. And at the end, like those players ended up playing for teams that they morally probably shouldn't have like uh, James Harden and and Blake Griffin gave up on Houston and Detroit and end up in, you know, Brooklyn. Right. And Kevin Love gave up pretty much on Cleveland and ends up on the Olympic team. Right. Like those, (laughs) those guys shouldn't have been, they didn't deserve that. No, those were, those were, those were compensation picks handed out by the commissioner. Was that what, <laughs> it's like it's like it's like in like the to, old days when the free agents left. You got you got a compensation draft pick. You got a cop cop pick. This it is like when Anthony Davis went to the Lakers. The Pelicans were given Zion Williamson as their compensatory right. draft pick. What does what gets me though? All the pieces this, fit. It, all the pieces fit, and this could be like conspiratorial, but like also the teams where the like front office failed the fans, they suffered. Like, you know, Orlando probably should have had a top, you know, three pick, top two pick. They could have. They had statistical, like, rights to it. And they didn't get, I, I don't I know. Feel, Did I feel like the, the Magic came out all right because they, the they got the Bulls pick. I feel like the Magic fans yeah. are saying they kind of lost. They did good. They, they got five and eight. I think there's some, like, yes, I agree with you that maybe the league punished the Thunder for what the, how brazenly they they tanked. Right. But also, like, the Rockets have been totally mismanaged, but I guess the the Thunders tanking trumped the Rockets' mismanagement where they said, listen, we have to give the Rockets a pick. We can't give this pick uh, to the Thunder. Uh, this right. Rockets team is actually going to lose our league value if, if uh, this franchise t- totally falls apart. You know how much they're worth in China? If we could ever get a game played in China again, how much they we were, were worth before Daryl Morey? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think they're good. Like, <laughs> Soccer official Daryl Morey's gone. What about the Raptors, uh, Chuck? The Raptors are an interesting one. The Raptors didn't have a player quit on them, but they did shut down Kyle Lowry after he scored 37 points in like his final game of the season, which was 14 games from the that end. That was that was compensation for having to be in Tampa. So that's you know, that. Yeah, that here makes you sense. go. That makes sense. You have to. You have to. Season. You have to live close to St. Petersburg. Here, here's a top there, five player. There might have been something about the NBA being like, listen, we want to we want to test out St. Petersburg for some other stuff, or the the, the Tampa St. Pete area. Uh, Raptors, you're going to go there, and we're going to hook you up in the lottery. Um, and right. So that's that. We it. always we always wondered why in the world did they go to a COVID hotspot to a city that was nowhere close to the teams they had to play the most, like like Tampa is really really far 
from the Northeast. <laughs> where like you the, don't the, say. You know? uh, <laughs> and so the Raptors ended up having to travel the most of any team in the NBA. So maybe the lottery worked out. And uh, again, as a Grizzlies fan, lottery could not have gone any better. The absolute best case scenario was only West, one Western Conference team in the top five, e- either the Thunder or the Rockets, and that's exactly what we got. Send all those top prospects to the Eastern Conference. I love it. Thank you, Adam Silver, for pulling the strings. <laughs> I like the idea where, like, all I've heard about this draft is that it's a six-player draft or five-player draft, and Adam Silver was like, give them six. Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, John, what's your best thing? So I've gotten a lot of joy out of the Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo podcast this year. Um, mostly because of like the slowly eroding sense of sanity for Rusillo as Simmons <laughs> like does not even register what he's saying and just continues belaboring his own point. But it may have reached a zenith and may have reached a a crescendo of of orgasmic proportions. We're now Bill Simmons, who is, uh, for better or for worse, like one of the tastemakers in NBA fandom and that somehow matriculates across the globe, is espousing the virtues of one Memphis Grizzly. And it may not be who you think, boys. Is it John Morant? Nay. Is it even Jonas Valanciunas, the statistical juggernaut, the the Zubats of, of, of our beloved Memphians? Nay. It's not even Dylan Brooks. It's the White Knight himself, the future Boston Celtic, Grayson Allen. How could you say no? Who says no? Who, Who says, says no? no? Who says no? Well, do you, do you want to explain what he said about Grayson Allen? I mean, give, give <sighs> some that detail to a, it. That is the guy you want on a rotation of a championship caliber team. He said uh, he wanted him closing finals games. Yes. He's like, in, that's in, a guy you can in, close finals games with. Uh, <laughs> he uh, said, uh, like, he's like, you know who I'd really like on the Celtics? Because that guy can close games. Grayson Allen. Oh, man. And the three-point shot has melted everyone's mind. And then he said, <laughs> if it's between Colin Sexton and Grayson Allen, <laughs> which one of those two do you think can contribute in the top nine of a championship team? What are we, what is happening? What How is happening? Is there even a right answer to that question? <laughs> yes. Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton is way know. better at basketball than Grayson. Is he way like, better? Like, I, yes. underst- I understand the argument. Hey, you know, you, you need your Mikhail Bridges, your guys who don't need the basketball, need who Cam just play Johnson's. defense, your spot up, your, your, your D and three guys. Grayson Allen is not a three and D guy. He can't guard anyone, and his offense is so inconsistent and so spotty, you can't depend on it. But he's Believing, so white. He's so white. He's so white. He's, he plays the right way. Scrappy. We're a lunch pail player. would be so thrilled if Brad Stevens would trade for Grayson Allen. I think it needs to be our mantra for the season. I think it needs to be our, like, QAnon <laughs> conspiracy that we just push into Reddits and subreddits and 4chans and 8chans. And what's Grayson Allen's number? Three. Number three? Three chans. Yeah. We just get it out three there chans. into the ether sphere. And we make this happen, boys. This could be our ticket out of really what's ruining Grizzlies fandom for me at the moment. We could be Grayson Allen free. 
shuffle him off. I mean, I mean, just think about it. He 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 would be a perfect replacement for Gordon Hayward. He would be a, <laughs> a, a perfect fill-in. I mean, let, let's just work out a, a Grayson Allen for Evan Fournier, like kind of oh, sign and swap. We can do, do that. Who says no? We can Who make that no? happen. We can make that happen. Do you have any? I mean, you have, do you? I mean, honestly, let's make it a top fifty-five protected pick that will mm-hmm. never convey. <laughs> yeah, we, we can work something out. We can work something out if we need. You know, just. Put, Free up a little space on the wing. Uh, thank you, Bill Simmons. I also adored. I like listening to Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo. And yes, it's amazing. Uh, Bill doesn't often hear the jokes that Ryan Rosillo makes. Never also, registers. Also on the specific episode, and I'm not telling you to go listen to this episode. Just listen to old Fast Break Breakfast episodes. That's all you should be doing. But right. if you happen to hear it in this same episode, he's angry that Dylan Brooks did not make Team USA. Dylan Brooks, if he <laughs> He's were a Canadian, if he were American, would not even be considered for Team USA. <laughs> but he is alas Canadian, and he's not <laughs> eligible for Team USA. So I mean, I guess I enjoy the attention that Bill Simmons is giving uh, my Memphis Grizzlies. But that all was very, very funny. Um, my best thing, my best thing is playoff P. I know Dang. we like to get our jokes off. Yeah, but I enjoy watching Paul George and real quick. Um, it's been a str- it's been a struggle sometimes. Yes, who's the best player in the playoffs remaining? Oh, that's a great question. Is it is um, it it's Giannis. is it Giannis? Yes, he hasn't been in these in these playoffs. I mean, he, he, he doesn't probably score. Has been. He's like he is the like basketball version of a running game like he's getting yeah, you okay. your four yards a carry it isn't sexy it isn't like it, he's incredible to watch for uh for like a myriad of reasons outside of the fact that um he can score but he also like to watch him shoot a three-pointer it's I, so enthralling i think uh, more if you were doing a <laughs> fantasy draft of all the players or not like if you were if you were drafting among the final four teams Reggie Jackson. <laughs> like, who's the first oh, player Reggie you Jackson. take? I'm not certain it is Giannis, even though I agree, kind of in totality, he would be the best player. Because, like, you got to have other stuff with Giannis. I mean, I guess maybe it is the easiest to build around him because he is, I mean, he is he is dominant in his own way, despite having some, some rough shooting games or some rough games where he kind of, you know, couldn't figure out a way to the basket. He's so good, though. It's just weird to judge a guy like that, where it is like Shaq, his, where you could be like, yeah, he's kind of struggling. Really, and he's, I'm not really saying anything bad about Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah. I am speaking truth to power at how ridiculously good Paul George has been in these playoffs. But it, it, it comes and goes. I mean, it, that's that's the whole thing with Paul George. We're, we're, we're heightening a few moments and a few missed free throws. And trust me, I enjoyed the playoff P jokes. I'm sad that they should be dead now. But well, his, so, his stats are outrageous, and he's playing an absurd amount of minutes, and he's dominating in them. He He's played more minutes than anyone else by a large stretch. Country of mile, people, of people like in the playoffs. minutes more. But you saw, like, we talked about the, the bad shooting games. The, he had a terrible shooting game in game four, and if he does not, if he does not miss 75% of his shots, if he does not miss six free throws, they probably win this game. Like they probably yeah. win that that game four. So like, and 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 also Paul George, while he may not be the defender of yesteryear's esteem when he was thought of as one of the best defenders in the league, that I feel like that has passed him by a little bit, or at least the style of game that he's playing, he's no longer doing that. 
in these playoffs, you're seeing kind of the shades of the, of that Paul George. Yeah. So I, 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 a completely uh, complete performance by him. So, so he's absolutely stepped up and he, but he still has, he still has his stinkers. And as everyone knows that we've highlighted before um, in that game four, where he made 25% of his shots. That was the 13th game of his postseason career where he's attempted at least 12 field goals and made 25% or fewer of them. And that is the most anyone has done that in the past 60 years since, since Bob Cousy. It's the most anyone has and, uh, ever done that. And like, even looking that up, if there's like a line of demarcation between he said the words playoff P. <laughs> He <laughs> he played 65 playoff games before ever saying the words playoff P and only had five of these stinkers. Okay. That's one out of every 13 playoff games. He shot under 25% on pretty high volume. This is like in college. I tried to give myself the nickname big gulp and nobody would do it. And my life has just been John. I will call crap. you big gulp. If anyone Let's has ever needed gulp. to be named big, big gulp as you, you get a route 44 iced tea from Sonic not breakfast, not one, but two. That's how I do this show. Y'all is 88 ounces of unsweet tea straight oh. to the John dome. big gulp burr. No John, playoff P speaking of big gulps, um, playoff <laughs> P all right, his first 65 playoff games, five of them were bad. In the 41 games since, eight of them have been bad. So since he said playoff P, he did every one out of five games start having these, these bad shooting numbers. But when I watch him in this postseason, I am cheering for him so hard. Maybe it's my Devin Booker hatred. but like I think so. It, it is <laughs> we're basically spirit. finding out who Keith is more willing to apologize to here. Man, no, his... Uh, his level of competing, like the way he's fighting so hard in these games, even when he's not making his shots and he's getting like the 16 rebounds is, is so inspiring. We're like, I'm in that thing where I'm like rooting for him not to have like, I'm like, please don't have a playoff P game. Like, please yeah. don't have an awesome game and then miss the last two free throws. So like that affects your legacy. And in game five, he had an amazing second half to keep the Clippers alive. He was 10 for 12 from the field, scored 28 points. The, in, the game the he had half. just now will probably stick with me longer than any mistakes he's made. He is going to go three for 17 next game, and we're going to forget everything. I it's really don't the, think so. Like, I, it's impossible for me to just pretend that I didn't just watch him run. Like, that it's quarter. It's the movie alone. that has the bad ending. A bad ending undoes everything that comes before it. I, yeah, but I, I'm, I'm at the point where I don't think he's going to do it. Like, okay. I, I feel like it's more likely that he just crushes someone. I hope, man, I hope so. Yeah. Because uh, it's been inspiring. And, like, man, his game tonight was was really, really impressive. How would players who are prone to these wild swings, like, would Kobe Bryant have been a totally different beast in today's, like, Twitterati era where it, it's you're torn apart like this? Like, there, we've had these hot and cold shooters before. Maybe not on this incredible playoff P uh, stat run that you just I pointed think, out. But unfortunately, Paul George uh, hit the zeitgeist to reuse your mm-hmm. word when he did the playoff P thing and then wrapped up the series with a two for sixteen. Like that made it stick, and then I think it became like the mental thing that he fights through. Because again, anyone who watches the NBA knows he had an incredible regular season. Like he was absolutely amazing this entire regular season. And then when when he suddenly pulled out another terrible game we saw in the postseason early on, it was like 
is this really a thing this guy's going to do? Like every every four or five games, he's just going to not be able to make his shots at all. And I, I don't know, like how does the other guys who had terrible shooting numbers in the postseason, like you have to somehow be on a big enough stage where people care and then right. maybe not be as popular enough like like an Allen Iverson, where Allen Iverson has tons of terrible postseason shooting games. And then like like Rip Hamilton had a lot, but no one cared enough about Rip Hamilton. They just think of him as like a good cog on a team. Um, he had some bad postseason shooting numbers. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know the answer, John. Um, it's a it's a strange um, scenario to think about because he is a player who's uniquely placed in. I think the his player movement has changed how yeah. he is considered. I think that's true. If as well. he does all of this on one team, it, it probably is not a thing, but the fact that he's made some popular and then unpopular choices has really changed a lot for him and how probably, he's been, how he's considered. That's probably right. I mean, uh, and also like some of the stuff he's done to like throw people under the bus, sure. you know, like he gives Doc embarrassing Rivers interviews and like the stuff where he like yells he, his fidelity to Oklahoma City and is gone from Oklahoma right. City. Yeah, within a year. I mean, he like, did. That's huge. Chuck, he did criticize Doc Rivers, but Tyron Lue is now ten and two in elimination games <laughs> that as, a, as, a, as a head coach. Bizarre uh, Doc Rivers. Worked if you out. need Doc Rivers stats, go back and listen to last Tuesday's episode <laughs> of Fast Break Breakfast. I had a lot of Doc Rivers stats. Anyway, those were our best things. After our best things, we move to our cream of wheat. Worst thing, Chuck, what's your worst thing? So my worst thing is, I don't know if you guys know this, but the LA Lakers have been embroiled in some like real like crime related things. KCP got robbed uh, in LA. What? Yeah, he got robbed at gunpoint for like $150,000. Say what? I didn't know this at all. And uh, Alex Caruso was arrested for marijuana charges. (laughs) In uh, in Texas for possession, um, what I think happened is uh, Caruso needed to get bail money, so he robbed he robbed <laughs> Alex Caruso he robbed KCP. This is what I think happened. I can't prove it. He said he didn't do it himself, obviously, um, but he sent some goons. Those Caruso goons. I don't know if you've noticed. They but did he say that fans. the perpetrator resembled Nick Calathus. Yeah. Who so, now that I think uh, about it, right. And there was like, uh, and what's what's weird uh, was that uh, Caruso's headshot. Um, he he was wearing a headband, which is crazy. <laughs> was it? Wait, was he really? Is that part no. real too? Oh, that'd be amazing. I wish. <laughs> I totally missed the KCP uh, story. That's yeah. That's I th- wild. I think I, 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 I did see Caruso with the. With the weed charge, he shouldn't be in jail. He shouldn't get it. Yeah, he shouldn't be in jail for possession. But also, well, it's only because he's not a recognizable NBA player. Right. And what are you doing in Texas? Also, like, don't uh, was it? Was he going he back like there? hanging out with college? Yeah, yeah, I think he he's played from college there. at A and M. Yeah, Never go back to your college towns, guys. Nah, bro. No, do no, not. You are. Do not. Do not do that. Uh, John, what's your worst thing? I mean, I'm. Pretty much, this is obvious, but I'm devastated over the Trey Young injury. Trey Young not getting uh-huh. to play will be a you know a, a potentially a series ender. So I mean, he's, just he's, to put he's it, he's gonna play. Quick, he's just gonna he'll hobble it out. Yeah. What a what, what and also what a uh, just staying on the injury. What a miserable way to get hurt. That's Stepping on right. a ref's foot is rough. No thanks. Yeah. 
That's like that's like those uh, baseball pitcher injuries you hear about guys like uh, having like blisters, et cetera. It's just not tough, not uh, not, not the way you want to go out at all. And old T Nutty is going to have a hard time living this one down in the locker room. I figure. I mean, also, how like how do you hurt your ankle when it's covered in like plastic? He's wearing like the kind of ankle braces you wear when you've had reconstructive surgery on both of your ankles. And it's and he still managed to injure himself, which it's that's pro- that makes me wonder, you know, about what like he's going to be able to do long term. Sometimes I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, that, but like it's the, like the Steph Curry thing. I mean, he's wearing the Steph Curry braces, but I mean, like, Steph yeah, Steph like Curry orthopedic braces. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. So we'll see. I don't gotta know. have your orthotics, Chuck. You got to have orthotics. Yeah, that is a it's a tough injury. I feel bad. I mean, I feel bad for Trey. I feel bad for uh, the referee, like the freak injury, like yeah, where Trey Young just stepped back really fast, kind of unexpectedly, and almost stepped out of bounds where the referee was standing. And uh, there's, I don't know. There's no way to uh, r- really fix that issue. Hopefully, he's healthy because I mean that that Bucks Hawk series has been a lot of fun. But it's they, a, we need him. We need him in this series. Just like we need for Kawhi to stay out of the other series to keep it competitive, we need Trey Young in this series to keep it competitive. Yeah. Um, my worst thing, we basically kind of addressed a lot of it, but I will I will focus down with a la- laser's precision to the worst thing that happened in the last week. And we talked a lot about the replays and how the replays are too long and the ends of games are too long and that – that game two fourth quarter of Clippers Suns was 33 minutes in the final two minutes, which is just Ugh. absurd. But truly the worst thing was a fourth quarter of game four where the Phoenix Suns won the basketball game 84 to 80. That is the lowest winning score in the NBA this season, 84 points. But the fourth quarter was like the length of an HBO prestige drama. The fourth quarter <laughs> itself was 49 minutes long. The half season of Rome. It was 49 minutes long and fewer field goals were scored than soccer goals were scored uh. in Spain, Croatia today. They scored <laughs> seven field goals in this game. Wow. Over that's, that's, 49 minutes of actual time. We're talking that's like five. One, that's like five less than uh, France, Switzerland. Then <laughs> one made field goal on average for every seven minutes of watching the game. Ugh. The Clippers, who everyone knows I'm living and dying with, had 12 opportunities to take the lead where they missed every single shot. No so, one scored. It was the it was just the worst kind of basketball. I mean, you guys know I do actually love it. Like it's so kind of fun to watch when Written no dry. one when <laughs> no one can do anything. But the length of it, like the, the combination of the referee reviews with this slow paced moving game and then the teams being abjectly awful at basketball was it begs something you know, to it beg- this this is a stupid question. But it begs the stupid question. Were the Suns better off playing the faster breakneck Chris Paulless pace? Man, I don't even know. I mean, I I don't think so. I I don't think so either, but it it has to be, like, you know, considered. Like, would they be better off, like, using them as, like, sort of a punch-counterpunch type lineup and, like, 
staggering the minutes more or something because I do think when the game is slowed down, that really, really benefits a team like the Clippers. I mean, Chris Paul right now, if the Clippers, if the Suns advance to the finals and if they close it out next game and Chris Paul has another bad shooting night, this is shades of Peyton Manning riding the Broncos to the Super Bowl. Right. Like a guy who's totally <laughs> deserving. And Chris Paul has been great all year. But right. since returning from health and safety protocols, I don't know if he, I mean, if he, if he got sick and he's still recovering, his shooting percentages have been bad. Like they've been flat out. He had like a five for 19, uh, like a six for 22. He was eight for 19, but 0 for six from downtown in the game tonight. And it's like, you know, campaign lit it up. <laughs> his, his one's that, right. that, that, that game too. Obviously Chris Paul's a way better player than, than campaign. And he can still do things even when the shot isn't falling. Yeah, but, but they don't, they know, need they, more from Chris Paul right now. And they, ha- and Devin Booker can fulfill the need of a playmaker. Like th- th- they're not ruined without Chris Paul. If Chris Paul is going to completely change the way that they're able to play and is like bogged down by COVID or God knows what else, like, it's a real situation. I mean, game one, Devin Booker, the 40-point triple-double where I almost considered changing my religion, like that was <laughs> that was startling. Yes. You know, I don't want to see that again. Chris Paul, man, stay stay healthy. Stay healthy, uh, brother. Uh, anyway, those were our worst things. Let's move to the awards segment of the program, the International Stackhouse of Pancakes Award. It's given each week to the worst performance in a box score. Speaking of Chris Paul, we have a few honorable mentions. Chris Paul, 5 for 19. Paul George, 5 for 20. Chris Paul again, 6 for 22. We have three nominees. Somehow Paul George and Chris Paul didn't earn themselves a nominee. Our three nominees, as they occurred chronologically through the week. Chris Middleton was 6 for 23. For 15 points, had five rebounds, four assists, two steals, one turnover, and two personal fouls. That was the game one loss to the Hawks. So Chris Middleton, six for 23, 15 points. Then Devin Booker. Devin Booker was five for 21. Had 15 points, five rebounds, five assists, one steal, four turnovers, four personal fouls. And then Bogdan Bogdanovich in game three for the Hawks in the defeat was three for 16 Eight points, two rebounds, three assists, three steals, one block. That's kind of nice there. But one turnover, one personal foul. So we have Chris Middleton, six for 23, 15 points. Devin Booker, five for 21, 14 points. No, 15 points, excuse me. And Bogdan Bogdanovich, three for 16, eight points, three steals. What do you guys think? Bogdan 316 says, give me a hell yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) I like that. I'm on board. You're on board, Chuck. It's tough, though. That's really hard. I'm going to throw my weight I'm, behind my guy, Chris Middleton. I mean, I'm sad about it. Future you Grizzly had a Chris chance Middleton. to go against who you wanted. You you had a chance, Keith. Yeah. yeah. Do I take enough victory laps for Chris Middleton? I mean, we spent the first season of the show with me just talking about, like, we're talking 2016 with me just talking uh-huh. about Chris Middleton being amazing and how much I wanted him on the Grizzlies. And now he's winning playoff games almost single-handedly. I mean, him and Giannis both but, very important, but like the 38-point playoff game for Middleton. That was definitely the Chris Middleton game. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, it would be amazing if uh, all three of the Bucks stars could play well on the same Not game. Not going to happen. No, they don't do it that no. way. No. Doesn't see It's, so, it's a zero-sum so game. They only have equitable. so many good performances to hand out. 
they only have so many video game rating points to a lot. And it's like <laughs> Chris Middleton's like, listen, I'm going to use them all tonight. All right. Sorry. Dr- sorry. Right. Sorry, Drew. Yeah. We need to, we need to make sure, you know, Pat Connaughton gets, you know, game winning shots drawn up for him. Oh my God. Like that's an important part. His of- shot meter was at zero. oh uh par fadeaway gentlemen what things are we looking forward to in the coming week uh anything catching your eye i mean the playoffs are still going they don't take a break for some reason why are they every other day oh my god i'm looking forward to uh getting getting back into the old uh i'm gonna i'm gonna use the right name for once the old green room we did that for the first time tonight and i think we're gonna keep trying to do that it's a lot of fun to talk with our listeners live and i think it's a good way for us to continue to engage we enjoy you guys hopefully as much as you enjoy us uh hell we steal half our opinions from you so yeah come let's uh, keep on keeping on make sure you, fi- you follow us all on green room uh you can check us out uh over there chuck you have anything that you have uh queued up that you're excited about yeah boy uh i'm i'm currently uh binge watching this show called alone Okay. Um, it, it's a show where these survivalists just are dropped off in like Canada somewhere rugged and they have to live alone for as long as possible. And uh, Sounds it's, easy. In, it's enthralling. Didn't we all just do and, this? <laughs> right. And that was part of my like, I don't know why, I guess because I just survived a pandemic living alone in a one bedroom apartment, I can... Um, I, I can like relate to these men and the psychological terrors that they face every day. I don't have to, you know, worry about grizzly bears. Um, I just have to kind of like be happy that my existence isn't theirs anymore, but it very well could be wait, wait until fall. Everybody uh-huh. will find out who was really, who was really vaccinated, <laughs> who was just taking their mask off. I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to um, outside of the NBA playoffs is the international basketball is going to be kicking off. We have a few Olympic qualifiers with some very interesting, intriguing teams. And then eventually there will be the Tokyo Olympics and Team USA has officially been named. Led by Kevin Love. Kevin Love is on Team USA for who knows what reason. Um, Moral support? Maybe somebody was like, oh, we have moral support possibly. Somebody was saying like he's going to rebuild his trade value. It's like you think getting whipped by the Lithuanian front line is going to help Kevin Love's trade value? (laughs) Like uh, the only thing I can come up with is going to rip him to pieces. (laughs) Is is Coach K like a Beach Boy fan? Maybe. And he just is is hoping to like hang out with his uncle round round Possibly. get around but i get around i'm looking at so yeah. the team usa roster <laughs> i'm actually looking at it and i don't normally go for hot takes i just like to talk about Force basketball me, in a way that i think is entertaining i think team usa is kind of bad <laughs> uh, like there are clearly amazing basketball players on the team you have Damian Lillard, you have Kevin Durant, you have Bam Adebayo. You can make this work. Devin Booker's planning to be there, Bradley Beal. Well, Keith, if we just get Andre Wiggins to change his citizenship to American. <laughs> Good God. Uh, but lo- this team right now, Bam Adebayo is the only big guy. <laughs> We've seen right. this well, movie we've before, seen by the this way. Movie. This, mo- this reeks of 2004 World Championships. There is... <laughs> There is only one point guard on the whole team. 
Damon Lillard. <laughs> There's not a single. I mean, I guess not a traditional point guard. There either. are no pass first guys. And Damian Lillard is all pissed off. Damian Lillard is so mad at a Raptors fan with 200 Twitter followers who said he should have further vetted Damian Lillard. That story is so weird. We talked about Chauncey Billups some on our bonus episode. We don't like Ooh. getting serious. It's just dark stuff for our Portland fans. I'm so sorry this is happening to you. The Grizzlies are a very, very fun young team you can jump on the bandwagon of, and no one will judge you for doing that. But this Team USA... We've there got are, some pretty good donut joints around here in Tennessee are, as well. Team USA has no passers outside of Draymond Green. Like, they have no yeah. setup guards. They have no ball handlers outside of Damian Lillard. They don't have big men outside of Bam Adebayo. He's their only rebounder besides Kevin Love. Like, I think... Thank God Jokic is sitting this one out. I know right. the international teams, lots of players are sitting them out. Like, lots of yeah. people are not sending their best squads. And it probably is absolutely enough to win the championship or to win the gold medal. But this is not the best foot forward. This is basically like how to build a team that doesn't yeah, this team really is fit. like, you know, they, they like to, they like to throw out the idea that super teams are built during these international in these international waters. Well, I don't think this, there's much of a super team to be built. Here. I just think it's like, you mm. go through the guys, you're like Bradley Beal. What do you do? Get buckets. Devin Booker. What do you do? Get buckets. Kevin Durant. What do you do? Get buckets. Jeremy Grant. What do you do? Zach Levine. I like to get buckets. Zach Levine. What do you do? Get buckets. Damian Lillard. What do you do? Get buckets. Chris Middleton. What do you do? I get buckets. Jason Tatum. What do you do? I get buckets. And then it's Draymond Green and Bam Adebayo are going to are gonna hold it all together. Heath, like, what are you going to do when Devin Booker averages 18 points in a game, 18 assists a game during international listen, play? Listen, man, if he does, maybe maybe he's the man for that. But, like, if these teams start pressing, like, it's going to be embarrassing watching these NBA guys not have a primary dribbler. It's going to be you embarrassing. You don't think Coach K is ready for the Patino yeah, 45 right. minutes of I'm hell. Sure, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> actually, thank God it's Popovich and not, and not uh, Coach K anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but like they not having rebounders in international ball where all the Serbian dudes are just going to be lifting everything off, off the rim the second it hits the rim because they know the international rules. And then everyone's like, Bam, could you please get us one rebound? We don't have any rebounds. I mean, <laughs> maybe they'll walk through the, the Olympics and I'll, I'll be totally wrong, but this is not, I think, the best foot forward. They're depending a lot. You realize you just put yourself in a position to root against Team USA and you're absolutely going to do this. I'm absolutely going to do it. Uh, <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be hard, but I will suck it up. And Nobody I... likes to be right more than a white knight of Twitter, baby. Oh, so Let's true. go at Roy Hey, Ira. I will tell you, the, the greatest thing about putting down Grayson Allen on the internet <laughs> in during Grizzlies games. I consider it to be like, like if I'm like, what is this lineup they're doing? Why there was Grayson Allen out there. It's win, win. Don't people understand either I'm right or the Grizzlies win both ways. Yeah. Both ways. I'm cool with like both ways. I'm cool with, but uh, genius. Anyway, uh, if you guys want to support the show, listen to the bonus episode, do that at patreoncom slash Fast Break Breakfast. Make sure you're following all of us over on Green Room. Follow us on Instagram, Fast Break Break. Twitter, Fast Break Break. You guys are the best. Thanks for listening. And remember, breakfast is the most important thing. Yeah, no apologize for being GNG. Fast Break Break, man. You understand? Seeky saves you time and saves you money. Two of the more 
important commodities in our lives these days. They aggregate ticket selling sites together. So you don't have to go to eight sites and then, oh, I'm going to look at the ninth one now because I'm not quite sure. I was totally that way, of course. And then they also rank every ticket based on value. So you look at the section you want to sit in, find that big green dot, the darker green, the better. You'll, you'll start to experience just endorphins when you see that green dot and know that you're getting an awesome deal on the ticket. I used SeatGeek to go to a Bucks Wizards game, got awesome seats there for my uh, fiance and me. So the way to get started with them, download the SeatGeek app and enter that familiar promo code. Best break break. By using that code to get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. That's promo code Best Break Break. For $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase, let them know that you came from us. Best Break Break. John is an apple. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's break, break. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.